I mean, it's quite a few, surprisingly. And, you know, I think probably the number one is just, you know, the branding community aspect of it. Anything that I try to do, I try to really build a user experience. You know, I think people value that experience and having a brand that people can associate with is an extremely valuable tool, both, you know, on the customer side and on the employment side or the company operational team. So, you know, when we are able to foster a culture at either one of these locations, people perform better when they know they're performing for something larger than themselves. Allen has started and grown several multi-million dollar businesses. His mission is to help you do the same. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod, building the future one entrepreneur at a time. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Business Growth Pod. I'm your host, Alan Draper. Happy to be with you today. I'm very excited about our guest. His name is Chad Price. Chad is a battle-proven entrepreneur. I like that. In multiple industries and with extensive knowledge in sports, health, and wellness. Chad is also a published author of Preparing for Battle, which we're going to get into, which is a guide used to prepare you for the battle of starting your own company. That's an interesting take. We're going to have to get some more information about that. Chad, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So let's talk a little bit about your experience. Give us a brief intro into some of the businesses that you've been involved with. It sounds like there's several industries and your path that has led you to being an author and this perspective on entrepreneurship as this, you know, battle. Sure. I graduated from college. I graduated from Rice University in Houston where I played football there. After graduating, I think I had a, you know, somewhat similar path to everyone in 2007, 2008, trying to just make it in the corporate world, trying to find Mm -hmm. a job, trying to decide on what career I I was going to do. Always knew I wanted to start my own company. But, you know, at the time, I I thought I need to get a little bit more experience, maybe go work for some teams that I could, you know, look up to or kind of aspire to be like. And through that process, you know, I worked for several different companies, worked in construction industry, oil and gas. That ultimately led me to starting my entrepreneurial journey. Starting that journey, I started two companies at the same time. One of Hmm. them was a a nail salon, which was designed for me to kind of have a sustained cash flow. And, you know, it's a cash positive business pretty early on. And then I also started a fitness company with two of my other friends from college, which is my most notable company, Kettlebell Kings. And that journey with Kettlebell Kings, you know, lasted 10 years. And we actually sold in the end of 2021, we sold with like a three-year acquisition deal. So could globally expand on the brand. That's awesome. You know, I think you need to write another book and the title has to be something like from division one football player to nail salon or something like that. That's yeah, definitely. You would be surprised or you probably won't be surprised how many of my teammates get a kick out of it. Like, what are you on a nail salon? But, but, you know, it it was fun and it was an interesting experience for, for me because starting two businesses at once, trying to build two different types of communities, two different kind of operational let's say structures for, for new businesses, it taught me extremely valuable lessons. So I was able to, able to cross-reference and kind of overlap some of the things and some of the mistakes that I'd learned from each. So what was it about the nail salon, that, that industry that piqued your interest? Because I, I get the question a lot, Hey, Alan, I have a couple of business ideas. Which one should I pursue? What were your thoughts about, Hey, like I'm a football player and maybe you go to the nail salon. I've never been to one, but what was it about that specific industry that made you want to pull the trigger? Well, I had done my market research and I knew I wanted to live in kind of a growing place and a, a popular place where kind of businesses could thrive. So 
I ended up kind of settling on Austin, Texas being kind of my base of operations. And okay. nail salons also were one of the things that as long as you have a growing fan base, you almost never run out of uh, people to advertise to. So if you're coming somewhere like Austin that has you know, 700 new families moving into each zip code a, a month, you almost have an endless supply of new people who need services like that. For me, I knew at the time if I was really trying to start something like a brand, something that's uh, going to take a little bit longer for it to develop, it wasn't going to be able to provide any type of significant cash flow for me to live on. And in my research, I, nail salons is one of the things that does provide almost immediate cash flow. Pretty much once you get the infrastructure in place, you're almost you know in the green the first month. My background in construction gave me the confidence I needed to know that you know I can pretty much build out the facility on my own. I don't really need any oversight or I can save quite a bit of money on construction costs and just setting up the entire structure to make money. And not to mention my girlfriend was a nail artist. So she was able to actually do nails. She went to school and got her certificate. And while she was doing that, I did the construction part and it, and it all worked out perfect. Okay. Awesome. I think it's interesting because a lot of us, when we start businesses, we start them in areas where we have some expertise and whether it's an industry that we enjoy, an industry that we have some information about, whatever, which is a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. It's a good thing because you have some insider information. And it's nice that you had that with your girlfriend, right? She understood the business. She knew exactly what she was doing. You could do the construction part of it. So there, there is kind of that, you kind of have a leg up or at least some experience there where it's tough to start from scratch. I think the tough thing is, when we are in an industry that we have technical experience or that we enjoy, sometimes it's tough for us to grow those companies because we like to do the technical aspects. But because you were you know, in a nail salon, it allowed you to kind of back away where you're not doing the technical aspects so that you could start this other business. Tell me about that other business that you started and tell me a little bit about what your workflow was like starting two businesses at the same time. I mean, it was it was chaotic, right? Starting off not knowing how to schedule my day, not knowing what you know what I need to do first, priorities of each business. For the construction side of things, that's you know that's one of the things I like about construction, and I try to overlap just enough with my experiences. You know, I like the way you put it in terms of you know it's kind of can be a benefit to be naive about about what you're getting into sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I try to overlap some of my experiences, but I didn't know anything about nails. And so I break the project up into, you know, into sections that I know I can complete. And then I f try to identify how someone else can fill in those gaps. So some of that may have been my business partners, my girlfriend filling in those other gaps. But like the construction side of things, OK, I'll get the place operationally ready and permitted and ready to go. You will take on, you know, staffing and the marketing aspect. And so my construction background, project back management background really helped to just kind of delegate and make sure we had a checklist for getting to revenue. And that's what I always wanted to do anyway, whether it was Kettlebell Kings or the nail salon, I, you know, I wanted to try to generate some type of roadmap that led, led to significant revenue. I think that's such an important part of a startup is like, hey, how are we going to get to the point where people are paying us money for what we're doing? I remember this one coaching call I had in particular where this gentleman called me and he had details about all the specifics of his home service business, what the pay scale was going to look like for his technicians, the vehicles. I mean, every little detail. And then I, you know, after a couple of minutes of hearing about his experience, I asked him, you know, hey, but how are you going to get customers? And I'm not kidding. He said something like, oh, yeah, I actually haven't thought about that. Yeah. And it's really smart, like you said, 
to have this path to revenue from the beginning, even before you start your business, like, hey, how am I going to get people to actually pay me for what I'm doing? Because if you don't get to that point, and not that it's the end all be all, but if you don't get to that point, you're not able to hire people, you're not able to keep your doors open and do all these things. So I think that's the number one thing that early businesses struggle with. How am I going to get people in the door? How am I going to get generate cash flow? And it's the number one reason why businesses fail because of a lack of cash flow. Tell me a little bit about some of the similarities between your two businesses. What were some of the principles or some of the things that you noticed like, hey, even though it's a different industry, these principles work in both? I mean, it's quite a few, surprisingly. You know, I think probably the number one is just, you know, the branding community aspect of it. Anything that I try to do, I try to really build a user experience. You know, I think people value that experience and having a brand that people can associate with is an extremely valuable tool, both, you know, on the customer side and on the employment side or the company operational team. So, you know, when we are able to foster a culture at either one of these locations, people perform better when they know they're performing for something larger than themselves. And I get a lot of that from my background in sports. You know, it it comes somewhat naturally to me to, you know, we're not playing for the name on the back of the jersey. We're playing for the name on the front kind of deal. And I think that that overlaps quite a bit with any business. So when you mentioned like kind of getting customers or how you're getting customers, I think when you go into it with the approach of building a community that overlaps so much with getting customers that you have to get it out in front of people, you have to be able to get your concepts in front of people so that they can have an opportunity to even become a customer. And I've always started with that for kind of from square one. Yeah, that's such an interesting point. And I talk about this quite a bit about you know, just yesterday I recorded a podcast episode that was, you know, answering the question, how do I keep my employees motivated? And one of the main things that we discussed was this idea of identifying a mission or a why, a purpose for the company, and just really hitting that over and over and over, talking about it when you're hiring, talking about it when you're disciplining, training, you know, promoting all of these things throughout the personnel process. What are some things specifically that you guys were able to do that promoted this sense of community, this kind of higher purpose in what they were doing at both businesses? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, it can vary in terms of strategy, but at the same time, you know, you're trying to identify what brings these kind of people together. So, you know, if you're using Kettlebell Kings, for an example, we would see the kettlebell as just a centerpiece. And there's so many different opinions on how it should be used, when it should be used, what frequency. We try to see ourselves as the moderator of, of all those conversations and bring mm-hmm. that, bring those conversations to a meaningful end, to a path that just leads to progress for whoever's getting that information. So we're, we're not really trying to choose sides. We're not trying to pick a, a side, say one way is, is wrong and one way is right. We're trying to really see how we can bring all of the different opinions to one place and have reasonable conversations that are in depth about whatever topic that is. So we would do the same thing with kettlebells. And then with the nail salon, you know, I'm doing nail art. So I'm literally putting our girls in competitions, you know, finding out where people are viewing and actually accessing nail art and putting our pieces of nail art in those places. So, you know, we would build national brand recognition, even though we're a a small nail salon in Austin, we have, you know, people flying in from New York who will want to come here Mm. just because they've seen us socially and they've seen our, you know, our nail art compete with, with others nationally. So it's just a lot of things like that, where you're trying to find what the community absorbs and make that better for them as much as possible. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I think, you know, to your point about creating these competitions, I think, you know, along with having a really clear mission statement, something that, you know, the business is about besides the dollars and cents, you also need to mix it up every once in a while. You have to make it fun. You have to create an environment where people like coming to work. They they like aspects of of the job besides the actual technical aspects of what they're doing. They like interacting with customers and their, you know, fellow employees, their coworkers and things like that. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about your new book. When does it come out? It's called Preparing for Battle. You're kind of comparing being an entrepreneur to, you know, being in a battle, which I think is a, a really spot on comparison. First of all, when does it come out? How do people find it? And and let's get into that a little bit. Sure. It's available on Amazon now for pre-order. It'll actually be released, I believe it's the 24th of this month, the towards the end of this month. But you can purchase it now and reserve your copy on pre-order on Amazon right now. And yeah, I mean, I think you, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head. When I think of entrepreneurship and really I think of trying to tackle any problem that's that's hard is going to require some type of battle. And when I think of battle, you know, I mean, going into it with the mindset that it's going to be tough and that you're going to have to persevere and work through things. I'm used to that just as a mindset from training my life in athletic competitions and things like that. But even in business, you know, I've seen so many of those concepts maybe not be applied to other companies that kind of make or break them. And then I've I've also seen, you know, my businesses prevail through times that I don't think we would have if I didn't have those strengths. And so I really try to just explain some of the concepts that I've learned and some of the mistakes that I've made through using sports as a reference in some of my personal experiences. What is it about, you know, being on the football field, being in business with with difficulties and challenges with opponents, competitors? What is it that, you know, one first kind of toughens us up, like makes us better. What is it about that process that makes us better? And second, like how do we use that information to kind of get to the next level? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the benefits of sports is it, you know, it simulates kind of micro battles, if you will. You know, every practice is a battle. Every rep can be a battle. You know, you get so many opportunities to overcome small obstacles with not much negative outcome. You know, yes, you don't like to lose, but if, you know, someone catches the ball and you at practice, it doesn't, doesn't negatively affect your life, but it can, it builds up a a thickness of your skin that allows you to go through trials and trials of winning and losing. And I think that's what entrepreneurship ultimately is, is you're going to lose. It's not, it's not a debate if you're going to lose how bad and when you lose and how you get up from that. Can you take the wins and learn from the losses is, is more the important part, I think. And A lot of people just want to experience the wins and not really go through the losses. And in sports, it kind of it's an easy way for you to experience the losses, even in games. You know, we I went to Rice. We weren't the most winningest football team in those types of experiences. They they harden me for today. So, you know, I know if we're not doing the best, I can still keep going. It's not the end of the world just to lose one battle. So am I gathering that you were a defensive back? Yeah, I was strong safety. Okay, so which for people that are listening that aren't really familiar with football, there are some positions that like, and I think corner maybe even more than safety, but man, it's like it, you just because safety you can kind of lay it to people sometimes, but those guys just have to have all sorts of swagger, right, and confidence yeah. because it feels like they just get beat over and over and over and over, yeah. and it's such a difficult position to play, yeah. and. You know, I have kids that are involved in sports and they're really trying to figure out the emotional aspect and they will beat themselves up if they strike out in practice. 
And recently I've been like sitting down with them after and talking to them and saying, Hey, this is the time to strike out, right? Yeah, this exactly. is the time to learn. And with entrepreneurship, we're learning on the go. We're making mistakes with customers in, in our communication with them and with marketing. And there's no real practice that can simulate the kind of game type analogy or the, you, you know, the game day for businesses. What's the best form of practice, quote unquote, practice for business owners? I think that's a good question. I, you know, I think as adults, we struggle kind of trying to find those things that we can practice our emotional, let's say, you know, our emotional strength, the emotional resilience we have for dealing with the ups and downs of life. And you do have to kind of take them as you go. I, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons I harp on sports being good for kids, even if you're not the best in sports at all. You know, I think it's good for you to even lose your position, have someone play in front of you. The, like these types of lessons are so valuable in just learning how to deal with society, how to get through difficult problems on teams. There's almost no situation that you can't learn from a team team sport through that way. So that's what I try to draw on. I, I really struggle with having advice for people. If you're like 25 now, you've never had those experiences. You know, I got to cry so many times when I was striking out and I don't still have those emotions because I've been through that kind of stuff. Whereas someone who's striking out for the first time when they're 25, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty devastating for you, especially when, you know, you put your life savings on the line trying to start a company. I think one of the kind of spices in life is this concept of like having an adversary or kind of this counterpart to life where it's not, life isn't all good. Can you imagine if like, yeah. if like everything yeah. was perfect, it wouldn't be as yeah. good. You know, yeah. I've recently know. become really addicted to the steam room at my gym. And when I go in there, I was just in there a couple of hours ago. And when I go in there after my workout, it's way more difficult than when I go in there before because my heart's already beating. I'm like having a tough time breathing. But when I go in there and I'm in there for a, a certain amount of time, man, I really start to value fresh air, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's really tough to breathe when the temperature's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's really tough to breathe in there. But never before have I thought about that very much. Man, I love to breathe. And I think that's one of the great things about life is we have kind of the yin and the yang. We have the opposite where it's like in competition, you have somebody that's trying to knock you down, that's trying to beat you. And you have failures, you have these moments, which, you know, not only are you learning. So I think there's a couple of things come from failure, but one is that you learn, you learn about yourself more than anything. You learn about yourself, you learn about how to change, how you can do better next time. But then when you actually win, it's like, oh man, you appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to get into that. We have a few minutes left. You talk about in your book, developing a winning mindset. What does that mean to you and how does that affect entrepreneurs? I mean, I think a winning mindset is, you know, not necessarily you're not knowing that you're not always going to win, but knowing that constant improvement is going to be part of your your daily routine, part of your journey. You know, I was even thinking more deeply about your question is what advice would I give to somebody as an adult to kind of train their emotional intelligence? I think having a personal health and wellness journey to change emotional intelligence as well. You know, one of the things I say to people, you know, if you think it's easier to create a multi-million dollar business than it is to work out 45 minutes, four times a week, then you know, you're just sadly mistaken in the mm -hmm. effort that's required. And so I, I think doing and setting those types of expectations on yourself to perform at whatever level it is, you know, whatever you're trying to do, look at the other people that are in that space. How are they performing? What are they doing? And try to live up to that the same way you would go in, into a sports situation. 
I think that's the best advice that you can kind of kind of have for yourself is that's the only way to get a mentality to me that deserves the wealth that you're trying to create in that space. So, you know, if someone is actually twice as better, twice as good as you or something and you're performing at half of their performance, I don't think that your business should be successful. And I think that that's how you should look at it and have that type of mindset. Yeah, it's interesting. Kind of going back to my children, I I have 11 year old boy and a nine year old boy and a five year old daughter. And my 11-year-old starting to kind of grasp some things, learn some things about sports and life and things like that. And recently, I've been talking to him about what it means to be a winner. And right now, which I totally understand, he thinks it's all about the scoreboard. He thinks yeah. that's, the, that's the only measure of winners and losers. And I'm trying to help him understand that there's so much more to it than that. That a lot of it, you talk about in your book, having a winning attitude, a lot of it's the attitude. The other day, we were we were playing long toss. I'm trying to help him strengthen his arm. And he was upset because he didn't have that much accuracy when he's throwing it as far as he can, which that's very normal. And he said some things that were really inappropriate. And again, he's learning, he's growing. I understand that. But I let him know, hey, those are the types of things that winners don't say. Exactly. And we're going to have our moments. As entrepreneurs, man, oh man, some of my lowest moments in life have been with my businesses and in moments of failure or I'm losing good people or problems or whatever. And at this stage, I'm trying personally to work on this idea that, you know, I'm going to work on the process and I'm going to try to focus on the process. Because if we focus on the process and we stay mentally tough, emotionally strong during those times, the results are going to come. The results are inevitable. Yeah. Have you found that to be the case with your businesses? And is there kind of a correlation to being a division one football player with that type of mentality? For sure. I mean, you know, I think the just the amount of training it takes to get to that level, it kind of prepares you for, you know, training yourself and setting yourself up for success in these situations. So, you know, preparing for battle to me is kind of how I've always looked at it. You know, I didn't just show up at the football game. There was a lot of practice and work yeah. that went into it before then. And so I, I try to look at business like that, too. I try to prepare myself for, you know, a game time like intensity level when I'm looking at business. You know, I think it is the, you know, the most competitive playing field that that actually does exist that we compete on as, you know, as adults and as humans. And, you know, I kind of find, uh, I guess I get a kick out of the competitive side of that as well. And, you know, I like to be out on the field and actually competing and giving my all trying to do whatever, I'm, whatever I can to grow my business. For sure. Chad, this has been a great conversation. Where can people reach out to you if they want to learn more about what you're doing? And you mentioned that your book is on Amazon, but where can they reach out directly to you? Sure. You can reach me at chadprice.com. On my website, you can find out everything about me. If you're looking to connect for consulting services or if you're looking for the book, you can get it from there. But all social channels as well. Real Chad Price on Instagram, Facebook and Chad Price on LinkedIn. So I'm available. And if you search me up, you can find me pretty easily. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Chad. Thank you for having me. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a rating. And for daily inspiration and business tips, follow Alan on Instagram. Until next time, remember, we build the future one entrepreneur at a time.